Hey, Anthony, it's that time again. To hitchhike across the galaxy? Yeah, yeah, wait, no. No, not at all. Then what? It's time to make the podcast. Oh, oh, oh yeah, that thing. Once again, we have reached that time of the week. Time to dive into the movies we love and the movies we wish we could forget. Pitting them against each other to receive praise uh, or hatred. Based on a scale of our choosing. So let's jump into it. This is the Double Feature Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to a new episode of Double Feature Versus. I am Anthony. I am Brad. Yeah, that guy over there, he's Brad. And uh, today, uh, we're still continuing our uh, Season of Love um, group of episodes here. So today, I figured we, uh, you know, I made a suggestion that uh, for this week, we would do uh, two classic uh, black love films. So uh, today, we got 1997's Love Jones versus uh, 2000's Love and Basketball. Yes, and uh, I know it's not typically what we do, but I think for the ease of our listeners, we should probably do this one in chronological order. You know, I thought about it. Um, I guess it's the best thing to do. Yeah, it's probably better for this one. Especially being that one kind of made the way for the other one. Right. Um, All right, all right. Let me uh, start this off here. So we got 1997 uh, Theodore Witcher's Love Jones. Um his directorial debut in his only film, which shocks me because this is such a great debut. But um, let me give you a little backstory. So Love Jones, this is a film about um, a woman who's a photographer. She's uh, uh, played by Nia Long. She's uh, recovering from a, um, a nasty breakup with, with her fiance. And um, a man who is a, a aspiring writer who, um, who meets Nia Long's character. Let me get their names real quick. Because I think her name was Nina. Her name's Nina. His name is Darius. Yep. Um, they meet at a poetry event. And um, the relationship starts out kind of like them, you know, kind of just just hooking up. Not necessarily friends with benefits, but something between friends with benefits and a relationship. They're kind of both a little not not too. Hes- they're both a little hesitant to go towards the full commitment. Um, so the movie kind of goes from there. But I wanted to give some background to this. So this was kind of a big deal when it came out, which is why it's such a cult favorite as, as a love film. Um, back then, if you had a, a love, a romantic film with a predominantly black cast, there always had to be some other factor to it, whether it's drug dealing, gangsters, some kind of violence. And, you know, it was, it, it was really an urban film, like, but urban to like, a negative stereotype type of way. I mean, even some of those films are good when you think about it, but some of them were like kind of limiting, and there weren't a lot of films that were just show just normal black people just falling in love. Right. So, the, the fact that yeah. the leads are black is not at all, you know, made as a major part of the story. Absolutely you know, not. You, you could change them out for anybody, and the story would still work. Yeah, and back then, that was kind of like... Um, not a usual thing to see with like black with a predominant with a film with a predominantly black cast. Like all the romantic films had like predominantly white actors in them. 
So Love Jones was a big deal because it was like, wait a minute, this isn't set in the hood. No gangsters, no drug dealing. It was like a regular love movie. Yeah, and like, the oh. two people even have like, uh, one's a poet and the other is a photographer. It's like, this is the classic Hallmark movie like lineup here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So um, so that's, that's the background behind this movie and why this is such a big deal. And why it kind of gave way to the next film we'll talk about. But, um, yeah, so basically Darius, you know, he's a poet, you know, uh, falls in love with uh, Nina, uh, who's a photographer. Um, there's some ni- there's some nice, you know, sexual tete-a-tete between the two of them. There's a nice, like, uh, first date they have where, um, dude, I love Darius's friends. They were just like the perfect group of like, like, like those crazy friends you have, but you love them and they always rag on each other. Oh, yeah. The... the- relationship between them is just fantastic how they're yeah. constantly uh even when they have like the moments where they're just sitting alone with each other and they're just talking and it's like i think this one could be the one man you you think the one the one ah, i got you didn't i <laughs> you actually right. thought i believed in that shit for a minute didn't you <laughs> right and that's another thing too like like the whole thing that's a theme of this film which is like being afraid of commitment um so there's there's a charming moment where at the end of their first date, you know, it's it's that thing where every guy does where it's like, eh, am I going to get lucky tonight or is the woman going to say, look, it's the first date and then I got to respectfully back off. So, um, you know, they get to that point and, uh, you know, he, he tries to move in a little bit. And she's like, look, it's the first date. Let's let's take this slow. So I like when he walks back to his bike and then he turns around like, um, can we just go upstairs to talk? And then they both start laughing. And then, of course, you cut to, to the love scene. And it's funny because they, you know, it happened. Um, but, uh, you know, from there, I like where the film, it's not a one note type of film. Like, you know, these two are going to fall in love at some point, And they do. And they do um, go for a relationship, but not, but not before some complications before. And then there's some complications after. Um you know, at some point, um, Nina, her, um, she, she, she talks with her girlfriend, and uh, she says, like, okay, you want to know if this guy really loves you? Your fiance's back in your life now, trying to get you back. Tell him that you're gonna move to, I, I think it was a uh, New York with her fiance. No, and, tell uh, him how you're going back to New York to meet up with your fiance. Right. Because she was going away for a weekend and just tell him, oh, and it's going to be with my fiance just to see what his reaction is. If he gets mad, he's the one. If he does, hey, you know, do you. He's not the one. So um, as you know, like they have the conversation, you know, Darius, we know he's hurting inside, but he plays it cool. Like, hey, you know, that's that's your ex fiance. If you want to go meet with them. You know, we, we, we've just been, you know, kicking it this whole time. We're not really a, a couple. So just go ahead. Um, so she goes and she like kind of like gets back with her fiance. Meanwhile, Darius meet, meets a woman um, and kind of like goes out with her. But we don't really see him much going out with her because we know that she's the rebound, just like her ex fiance is the rebound to Darius. Mm-hmm. Um you know, long story short, the thing with her fiance, um, it doesn't work out. So she moves back. Uh, she goes back to Chicago and Darius, the thing with his, um, did the thing with, oh, no, 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 no. So, so like, this is where things get interesting because, um, doesn't she find out that Darius is dating somebody or was? It, didn't Darius show up in New York for, or am I mistaken there? 
I think that was towards the end. Okay, but, that was um, okay. So yeah, she goes. Oh, she sees at the bookstore where he's talking with somebody. Right, right. She sees him there, and uh, she she goes on a date with uh, Darius's friend um, Hollywood, uh, played by Bill Bellamy, and you know Hollywood's kind of a clown. You know, he he's he's the he's the comedic effect of the movie, and um, as a friend, what he's kind of doing is shitty because he's going out with his friend's ex girl. Uh, but we 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 also see another side to Hollywood. We see how he kind of could have chemistry with Nina. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it doesn't go anywhere. Stuff stuff is suffice to say. And Darius and Nina finally start a relationship. Now, this is around the third act, and um, around this time we have a nice, we have a pretty interesting side story with um, Darius's friend Savan, who's a uh, whose wife and kid. Like like whose wife just took his kid out of the house because they they had an argument. So um, and he's like the main poster child for all of his boys as like, you know, hey, I got it. I got the wife I love. You know, I, I believe in love. But now things aren't going right in his marriage and he's going out with a, a colleague at his job. So, you know, it, it, it makes the thing of like, is love really dead? You know, like it, it, it introduces that question at some point in that in that in the film. Um, but so we deal with Darius and Nina in a full fledged relationship. Um, but we also deal with the ups and downs of that. It starts off great, but then it starts, we start to have some pitfalls where like, um, they start to argue, you know, Nina says, you have a a number of a woman you used to date on the wall. Like, are you really over her? What is this that we're doing here? And, um, this is where we kind of come to the final act where, Nina says, like, look, I, I got a job. Well, no, Nina's friend calls Darius after they break up and says, listen, she's about to get on the train to I think it was New York. Um, something like that. It, it was well, in New York. You got to back up a minute because before this, they do break up. And right, right. it's because uh, they can't. Well, Nina can't trust Darius. With the whole right. phone number on the bill, the blackboard and everything uh, having, you know, contact with that girl still getting phone calls at three in the morning that he can't explain you know she doesn't trust whatever's going on with him right right um yeah so at this point it's pretty much the final act where you know her girlfriend calls him up like listen she's about to go on a train uh to to get this um to follow up on this new job she got with vibe magazine like you should get on that train with her and stop her if not stop her then try to tell her you know like, hey i love you um he doesn't make it in time the train goes off uh which um you know i kind of was this is my first time watching this movie oh, okay and, and like um it's such a classic i'm kind of like ashamed that i never saw it before but uh he doesn't make it and um yeah it kind of went against the trope of you know making it just in time and it's like right. okay I, there's another five minutes to this movie isn't there <laughs> Right, right. So, you know, so, you know, um, I like how the film goes full circle because this started with him writing, a, like doing an impromptu poem to her at the poetry event, like after he first met her. And um, it goes full circle where she's at the event and she makes a, and she recites a poem about him. And uh, this is about a year after she had left. A year after she left. A yeah. year after she left. She came back. And so in the end, uh, they do reconcile and they do get back together in the rain, 
you know, another love trope. I, I didn't. I noticed how it rained on her, but it didn't rain on him. Do you notice that? I didn't notice that. No. <laughs> when he first, when she was about to catch the cabin, he first ran out and said, "Hey, wait! It wasn't raining on him, but it was raining on her." I didn't catch that. I'm gonna have to go back and check that now because that that's like one of those movie mistakes that. Right. I I guess I didn't even think of it. <laughs> right. So um, you know they uh. They uh they they reconcile and uh you know the end. Um, I gotta say, man, for a movie that's made in 1997 and I'm watching it for the first time today, it's a pretty good love story, man. It's a pretty good movie. Yeah, I I have to agree. This is actually a really good love story. Uh, very rarely do I watch a movie and go, okay, that was a good love story. You know, it typically feels like very forced it feels you know very the movie is taking place because it's a love story and this one it felt pretty natural it went through the different phases of the relationship we got to see the hard times we got to see the good times and we got to understand what these two people cared about each other for you know it also helps that we got to see them apart from each other with their friends and talking about the relationship and seeing how their friends view relationships, kind of getting an eye on how they view relationships. So you get to know mm-hmm. why they're making the moves they are. Yeah, definitely. Um, I love the uh, the chemistry between Neil Long and Lorenz Tate. Like, these are two two actors that, you know, you could tell they have chemistry on, on stage and their characters are likable and relatable. You know, Darius is a guy that plays it cool, but, you know, he knows at any point something could go wrong. This Nina, this Nina, like, woman could not, like, like him. You know, she could be like, you know, get away from me, man. Um, mm-hmm. Nina, you feel for her. You know, she wants to bounce back from her, um, you know, no good ex-fiance. But you, you can tell she really wants love. Right. And um, I love the one scene where I'm like... Cause I, I liked the I liked where it was going because I was like man you can't do this in these films nowadays but like um I like when um they're in the record store and you know Nina kind of like you know walks away and Darius is like telling his telling his friend like listen I need to know her address I I, I need I need to get in touch with her and then he just shows up at her place and she's like how did you how did you get to my apartment oh I I, I kind of asked my friend uh what your address was on the check you wrote. And in my mind, I was like, yeah, they can't do these in these films nowadays. That looks too creepy. But the way the film plays it, like, she kind of, like, has the, hold up, what are you doing here? But then he 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 has the excusable, look, I really just want to ask you out. I'm not a creep. I really just want to ask you out. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the way that plays out. Yeah, it is a little creepy, but, like... Even in modern day movies, we get the same thing. It's just slightly different where they're like pulling up the phone book to look up where they lived or they're pulling it up online or they're asking a friend or something like that. So it's yeah, it's creepy how he got her address and then just appeared. But that's a trope in a lot of romance movies. So yeah. it, it's it's hard to fault this one for doing it. But, yeah, it, it doesn't make it any less creepy for him to just be like, yeah. I sniped your address off that uh, check you wrote at the record store. <laughs> right, definitely. Um, yeah, man, I feel like this is a very well put together romantic film. I, uh, for a first time watch, I can tell why it's a cult favorite and why it's a classic. Uh, I give it a four point five. I I really like this. Yeah, I I give this one a four. 
This is a solid romance movie. It's a solid all-around movie. Yeah. So it it's definitely high up there. I can see why it has cult status and everything. Yeah, the music, the chemistry between the cast, the writing, the directing. I'm really I'm really sad that this guy didn't do another film. I think a story behind this was that um because the film didn't do well in box office numbers, even though the critical reviews were good, it wasn't a financial success. I think that's why this is like his his first and last movie. Okay. Did uh, both of the movies that we're doing today have good critical? Re- I didn't even look up the critic responses to these. I just pulled up the movies to watch. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like um, Love and Basketball got a lot of good reviews when it first came out. And uh, Love Jones, too. Okay. Um, Love and Basketball didn't – Love and Basketball, like – like like more than broke even like it made more than what its budget was so it it, it did make some money in, in theaters as opposed to love jones oh did was this a box office loss love jones yeah um was it a box office loss let me see here uh no not really no not really it just it didn't um it wasn't a financial success oh, okay I think it made more than its budget, but it wasn't like considered a success. Okay, so it basically broke even, and everybody on board, you know, it. it yeah. Okay, I, I get it. Because yeah, it, the fact that this is the only thing you know directed was this the only movie that he wrote as well, or did he go on to write other movies, just not direct them? I think this is the only movie he might have wrote and directed. Let me, uh, I'll check on that and I'll, I'll get back with you on that. But yeah, I think this is the only one. That's, that's a shame. Cause this movie is it's a shame. Th- this was a really well done movie, especially for like 1997 with everything it was going up against at the time and trying to break the stereotypes of, you know, this kind of movie and everything. It, right, right. This is a really good he- one. Yeah, he's he's written other films, but this is the only one he's wrote and directed. Oh, okay, so he My went on to write other stuff. Okay, the, at the very least, he went on to write other movies. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So. Yep. Um, all right, man, so I'll let you uh, take the runs on uh, the next film. Okay, so the next film we have here is called Love and Basketball, uh, following two people, uh, a girl named Monica and a uh, boy named Quincy going through their life. So at the beginning, we see them as kids. Uh, their families are neighbors. So they, I see, think it's Monica is just moving into the neighborhood at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the two kind of meet that way. Uh, they kind of form a little bit of a bond because of playing basketball and everything. Uh, they have the cute little, you know, hey, you should be my girlfriend. What does that mean? It means that we right. kiss and then eventually we'll get married. And, you know, so they have that and they break up like minutes after because they're kids, obviously. Right. They got in a fight about something. I can't remember uh, what the fight was about, but they got in no, a fight about something. He was trying to say like, uh, OK, you ride on my bike now. She's oh, like, no, that's wanna... right. Yeah. Yeah. This it speaks to her character and their relationship. She's like, no, I want to ride my own bike. He was like, uh, you're my girl, so you ride on my bike. I don't have to do what you say. Then they just start, like, fighting and tussling on the ground. Um, but I like that, um, you know, she, Monica 
in mind y'all, we're like kids when when this when this opening scene that Brad's talking about was happening. But Monica is a tomboy. You yes. Know, she, she loves basketball, you know, and Quincy, he's the kind of classic boy that's like, girls can't do that. Girls can't play basketball. Um, and uh, you forgot the one scene where um, he, uh, um, I think uh, he, he gets mad that she keeps winning more points on him. So at one point he pushes her and she falls in the grass and gets a cut on her face. Which oh, yeah. On, yeah. Which we see on her face the entire movie because like, she, she had that scar for a long time. But uh, it kind of like is a scar that's like like a symbol of their relationship a little bit. But uh, go ahead. Yeah. So from there, we get to see them in I believe it's in high school is the next jump we see them in where they're both playing basketball. They're playing for like their school teams uh, for the boys and girls league. And we can see that Monica's having some trouble with her coach and everything. Uh, Quincy, his father was previously, you know, a big basketball star. So he's pretty much already got eyes on him all over the place because of that. And so he's basically getting his free ride for everybody paying attention to him when it comes to his basketball career. Uh, the two kind of, you know, they, they don't really have any, uh, romantic bond during this time, but you can see like they're friends. They're very good friends during this time. Yeah. And, you know, you can see that Monica's really trying hard to, you know, become the first uh, woman in the NBA. Uh, she's really passionate about this. And then we kind of see them go to college time from there. Well, they, they go to prom first. Oh, they and go to prom. Yes. It, this is the turning point in 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 the um in the film. So you know Quincy goes with a girl that he thinks is really cute. Um, you know Quincy is like the you know the, the the guy that every girl wants in school. You know he's he's the he's the heartthrob. And Monica, you know she goes with a guy uh, that um her sister set her up with a, her sister um a guy she set him up with that her sister knows in college. Her sister's in college, um, so he takes her to the prom. And, you know, when the night's all over, it turns out neither one of them kind of, you know, quote unquote, made it, had sex with their date. So they just go home alone mm -hmm. and then um, they end up making love that night instead. And uh, they, they finally uh, sealed a deal and into college. They're together as a couple. Yes. So during college, uh, their careers are kind of taking off a little bit. Uh, Monica's still on path to become, you know, in the NBA. She's riding for that uh quincy basically is just having everybody ask him what team you're going to finally join where are you going to go you know what are you going to do are you going to follow in your father's footsteps what's going to happen and a lot of weight on his back yeah a lot of weight on his shoulders and the news that uh, his father has been cheating on his mom comes out uh due to the mm -hmm. fact that uh you know he is now somebody's new baby daddy you know uh, so that news comes out. He denies it to Quincy, which Quincy takes at face value until he's given proof that yes, he was cheating. You know, this is something that was real and it starts throwing his entire like life perspective into a question about, you know, what to believe anymore. Cause his father lied to his face, like straight faced, didn't budge or anything like that. Uh, he's got all this pressure about what he's going to do with his career and his life and everything. 
and you know his father's telling him to finish through college and all this stuff and he doesn't know what to do anymore he needs monica and monica is unable to kind of do anything for him because she's focused on her career and everything so she's so focused on her career that she completely kind of she doesn't ignore him but Mm -hmm. she doesn't stand by his side to give him support she's got things going on too she's trying to she's trying to make it as a basketball player you know um so she she's got a lot going on. I feel like that point in the film, you're not wrong with either side you take, whether you take Quincy's side or her side. Like neither neither side is really wrong. Right. They both just have lives, and they're at this weird crossroads where their lives are going in different directions. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they're they're not wrong to go for their lives and everything like that. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's they're just put at this point where this one night basically seals it, where you know uh, Monica knows exactly what she wants and she's trying to go for that. And Quincy's now at a point where he doesn't know what to do with his life and he needs support and everything, and she's not there for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is where this is where we kind of lead to like the first kind of like real breakup. You know, Quincy. You know, he he kind of like prances around this woman that's always chasing him and always trying to get with him. And uh, at one point, you know, she's like in his dorm room. No, no. Monica shows up to his uh, his dorm room or whatever to say hey to him or whatever. And she show and the other girl shows up to the door. And he's like, oh, we're about to go get something to eat. You want to come? And, you know, it's kind of disrespectful to her because she's she's his girlfriend. So she kind of like storms off. And of course, he was just doing it to make her jealous to get back at him, get back at her for not supporting him, you know, through his parents breakup. But um, this leads to a split with them. It it it, uh, it, it doesn't work out pretty, uh, pretty much to say um, it moves on with Quincy, you know, uh, making the decision to drop out of college to just go straight to the league. Something his father doesn't want him to do. Right. And, and uh, you know, this ends up going to I want to say the third quarter of the film. Like, dude, one thing uh, we can talk about it after, but I I love how this film is split up into four acts. There's first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, which if you know basketball, that those are the quarters. And each moment is eclipsed by a Magic Johnson moment because Monica's character loves Magic Johnson so much that's like her favorite basketball player. And like, you start off with Magic Johnson having this big win, you know leaving the league and then the fourth quarter he's at the game of you know we'll talk about it later but i love how this film is split up right yeah it it definitely makes it a lot easier to kind of like follow what's going on uh, because the even gives you like little clips of telling you what year it is i can't remember what years these take place in but the fact you can do like here's them as kids here's Mm -hmm. them in high school here's college and then the last part here is their adult lives. So uh, Monica is now on a women's basketball team. She is in Spain, I believe. Uh, yeah, Barcelona. Yeah, Barcelona. And she's kind of she's hit a good point in her career. She has what she wants, but she's not exactly happy with everything you know she feels alone because she doesn't have friends in spain she doesn't have friends around her uh it becomes more apparent when one of the people that used to play basketball with her in 
college or high school. I can't remember which. Uh, it was I, college. It was college. Yeah. Uh, ends up being on a competing team that is traveling and is there. So she gets to reconnect with them. She has her moment where she has her trophy and everything is, you know, being cocky as usual, mm-hmm. uh, which is her personality. And right. kind of talking about how she doesn't know if this is really what she wants and everything. And she decides to go back home to, you know, visit family and kind of recollect her thoughts, see what she really wants to do. And during this time, she finds out that uh, Quincy's in the hospital due to a knee injury. Mm. And uh, Torres ACL. Yes, Torres ACL. And so she goes to visit him and everything like that. And that's where she finds out that he is now engaged to this other woman. And, you know, their wedding is in like two weeks or something. It's very mm-hmm. close. Uh, right. She gets upset about this because, you know, there goes her chance of being with Quincy. Uh, she goes back home. She sees her mom and everything. She has this very nice, heartfelt conversation with her mom, too. Yeah. Uh, basically about she has to grab her life the way she wants it. You know, her life isn't going to be handed to her. And her, her mother kind of tells her, you, you, you are a strong person. But the problem is you don't know where to put that strength. So you need to, here, let me put you in the right direction. Here's what you need to do. You're better than her. You can get him back. This is your last chance. And they end up, you know, she goes to his house, which is right next door, because their families are still neighbors. Yeah, he's staying with his mom because I think... um I, I think he was helping his mom move or something. Or no, he was, he was moving stuff out of his room because you see right. that in one of the things where she looks out her window, which faces his bedroom, and right. he's like tearing down stuff and everything like that and, you know, packing stuff away. And so he's staying there while he's, you know, finalizing moving out. Right. So um, I love how this this final scene here is set up because they always play a game for something. Like in college, it was like, uh, hey, I win this game. You take off all your clothes or, you know, you win. I take off all my clothes. I like how this one, she's like, okay, let's play a game. Uh, I win. You don't marry that girl. And we we fall in love like it was always meant to be. You win. You go off and marry her and I'll leave it alone. Uh, And And I'll I'll get you a gift for the wedding. Get you a gift for the wedding. Yeah. And I like how um, in the beginning, you know, she's scoring. And, um, you know, he has this torn ACL and she's like uh, she's pushing. him like, I, I know you can. Where's the D? Like, you know, like she always says it. Where's the defense? Where's the D? And, um, you know, he finally takes the leg thing off and uh, he starts to score more and more. And this becomes like actually like a, you know, like this is like a tense scene because you don't know which way this is going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he wins. And, you know, you know, and uh, there's like the tagline of the movie, all fair, all is fair in love and basketball. And then he decides that he he actually does want to stay with her. Yeah, and, uh, he says, yeah. Uh, "You know what? Let's go double or nothing." And yeah. that that's his way of saying such a cute line, right? Let's go double. It it is cute, right? And we end with seeing, uh, you know, they have a kid together. Uh, Monica is playing, and you see Quincy and their daughter, and you know, cheering. Yeah, you see them uh, cheering, and the best thing is, before all that, Magic Johnson's in the audience. 
Oh, yes. Yeah, so like everything just comes full circle. You know, it's such a cute moment when you see Quincy off in the stands with their kid. And um, I did it again, man. I missed another post credit scene. There's a post credit. No. No, there is. I can't believe I did it again. And I've seen this movie three times. This movie came out in 2000. There is no post credit scene. There is. Um, Their daughter is playing basketball at a playground. That's the that's the post credit scene, so the the, the trophy kind of moves on. Okay. Um, well, not the trophy, but the 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 uh, the tradition moves on. Your right. kid loves basketball, as is um, tradition. <laughs> right, dude, man, what a what a great movie, dude. Um, I think everything about this movie is just on point, man. From the writing, the directing, the characters. Um, I like how I like Monica and Quincy because they're the perfect kind of complex couple for a romantic film. Mm-hmm. Like you can kind of put this on like a when Harry met Sally kind of level because Harry and Sally are so different. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, they, they have clashing personalities that yeah. come together over a single passion. The basketball. Yeah. Which is genius. And I love that they both have conflicting. They both have. conflicting thoughts about their parents who are kind of like either a hero in their lives or an adversary. Like Quincy's father is a hero in his life. Um, Monica's mother is just so opposite of what she wants to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I love how in the beginning of the film, you kind of get glimpses of this that they see as kids. Like, you know, um, Quincy's dad, when Quincy's a young kid, he tells his, he tells his wife, you know, like, uh, Hey, I got to go do this or something like that. She says, you just did a whole basketball season. You still got to go out. And he's like, you know, don't start with me, woman. You know, you know, I got to make, you know, I got to make ends meet. You kind of get a glimpse that he's, you know, he's off cheating. He's off having mm-hmm. a whole nother life. And with his, with uh, Monica's mom, you know, um, uh, the dad comes home. Who's a good husband, you know, runs a bank, you know, nice guy. He says uh, she's tired because she's been moving everything and all that. He comes up to his wife like, hey, could you, could you iron my shirts real quick? And Monica sees that her her mom is tired, and she's like, "Yes, dear, of course," you know. And she's kind of put off by that submissiveness, like, "Oh, is that what being a woman is?" Yeah, yeah. And it's I like kind of strange because at the beginning, you can see how they both look up to their, you know, you know. She looks up to her mom as a good figure. He looks up to his dad, but in the middle of the movie, you can tell when they kind of switches, and they aim to be the opposite of that person. I don't think she looked up to her mom at all. Because in, in the beginning, you can kind of see it, like during the prom scene and everything like that, when she's getting ready for prom. Oh well, that's a uh, cute we, moment. Yeah, I think right. she liked. Yeah, I think she liked that her mom called her beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess you you might be right. You might be right, but I it, it all comes to a head, like you said, in like the third act, where um, you know, Quincy's vision of his father is just totally torn down in his eyes and his dad is like listen man you want to go to the league so bad which i'm trying to pull you back from so you can get your education there's going to be moments where you're going to be away from your wife or whoever you're with and there's going to be you know women that get past security even get to your own room on your hotel floor and then what are you going to do how are you going to resist the temptation like and of course anyone can resist temptation but he was telling him like listen man i'm not perfect Mm-hmm. You know, you think I wanted to cheat on your mom? I, I'm not a perfect guy. Um, and I like how he says, um, this because this is a perfect full circle for them. 
uh, you know, Quincy says, I'm dropping out of uh, college to go to the league. I can't let you do this. You know, oh, I thought can't was not supposed to be in a man's vocabulary. And yeah. I love how it's the perfect shutdown. Like, damn, you got me on that one, son. And he kind of just like, you know, walks he, he, out. He leaves, you know. Yeah. Um, and with Monica, I like how she confronts her mother in the end when she's mad that Quincy's getting married. And she's like, uh, you know, I always see, I've seen how you are with dad. And you're just like, you know, you're just too submissive. And like, you know, he came home with a pizza and you made a home cooked meal and you were just okay with it. And like how her mom gets mad, like, I had to sacrifice my life for my kids. That's mm-hmm. why I was the perfect wife. Cause I had a whole nother a whole nother life. I had a whole different um group of responsibilities. And you get that that's where the misunderstanding has been this whole time. She wasn't trying to push Monica to be the perfect wife. She was trying to push Monica to go after what she wanted. Right. She was trying to be the perfect mom for her kids. Yeah, man. It's just it's 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 character development like that that just makes this film so great, man. And uh, it's the chemistry between um, Omar Epps and Sanaa Lathan. Like this was just this is a great movie, dude. Um, this is a great movie that again, like Love Jones, it's the perfect kind of black love movie where there's nothing with you know, no kind of like a. Okay, we're gonna put black people in the film. We gotta have some. We gotta add some gangster element. Yeah. We gotta add something. One like of them this. has no. to go to jail for something at some point. You know, right? One of them has to have an absentee father. No, this is just a great love story, man. Mm-hmm. Um, it's directed with class. It's directed with uh, gusto, and I like how um, they do go like this film. I really think Monica is the star because you would think Quincy would be the star because he's basically a shoe in to make it to the league. But Monica is the person you really follow and that surprises you. Like um, when Quincy tears his ACL, it's a it's a shock because you expect him to be like the next LeBron or something. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? The next um, who's my man that can shoot three pointers from the parking lot. What's his name? Steph Curry. You, res- you respect him to be the next him. Right. But he's the one that kind of has to take a step back. And Monica's the one that's like pushing harder and harder to get to where she is and it's like it's a tough hill that she has to climb but she makes it right you see both sides of it you see the kid of the pro basketball player that you know basically has the red carpet laid out for him from the get-go and you have the person that had to work their way up and everything yeah definitely um yeah man i love this movie uh five out of five to me i just think it's a perfect film Okay. I, I give this one a 4.5. And the one thing that holds this one back for me is the, as soon as you, you know, the last scene with them kind of doing that basketball game to, you know, figure out their love and everything like that, you know, yeah, yeah. It, you go, oh, that was a cute moment. He literally is going to now go to his soon to be wife and go, Hey, sorry, babe, but you know how I told you about that girl that left four years ago I haven't talked to at all and just appeared yesterday? Yeah, we're getting back together, so uh, wedding's off. Uh, Have fun with the rest of your life. Here's your ring back, and uh, I I guess that's it. Uh, So long. (laughs) She kind of screamed gold digger vibes, though. Like, can you really feel bad? I mean, like, like, even her mom kind of hints at it, like, oh, he's, he's marrying her? Oh, okay. 
Like, in the way she showed off the ring, like, come on, man. But at the same time, we don't see them together at all. We don't know how their Fair relationship enough. is. And, of course, the mom is going to say, oh, yeah, you're better than her, honey. Don't worry about it. You know, what mom is going to go, oh, man, yeah, you can't beat that. That's, you lost. I'm sorry. You you need to find some new <laughs> love interest because that, it's over that's, for you. that's over, you know. Have you tried, you know, going to the homeless shelter? I'm sure you can find a nice boy there. I'm uh, somewhere in your league, you know? <laughs> right, right. So uh, even with those arguments, it's like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> it it's just feels really shitty for mm. it to be like, for that to happen. It's like, I I hate how so many like romance movies always pull that too. Of, you know, oh, we loved each other as kids and then we lost contact. And the second we appeared in front of each other, we dropped everything in our lives to be with each other again. And it's like, oh, it's it's cute for a movie. But the realistic implications of that is terrifying. I mean, it all talks down to the heart wants what it wants. You know what I'm saying? I right. get what you're saying. I think stuff like this do does kind of happen though. When you you kind of know you're you're marrying the wrong person, and um, are are you doing it because you just want to move on, or are you doing it because you sincerely love this person? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like um, yeah, yeah. That's kind of that's kind of how I look at it. I know it, you, you got to take it at face value. It's a romantic film. These things happen. Um, it is what it is. Uh, Gina Prince Bythewood, you know, good news. She has the the writer director of this film. She's made other films. Okay. Um, l- recent one being The Old Guard. Have you seen that one yet with Charlie Theron? I have not. Yeah, I heard that one's good, but that's like the latest one she's done. Um, both of these films just got Criterion releases. Believe it or not. I knew Love and Basketball did. I didn't know that Love Jones got a Criterion release. Yeah, I think it like got announced not too long ago that it was getting one. Okay. Which I thought was very good. I was like, ah oh, man, that's right. awesome. It's always nice to see like good movies get that Criterion collection because it's like, oh, that means it's going to boost up, especially something, you know, from 2000s, 1997. It's going to boost up like how many people are going to check it out because people will watch Criterion collection films. They will. Um Dude, Uncut Gems got a Criterion release. Parasite got a Criterion release. And it's just, it's it's the highest quality. It's one of the highest qualities you can get, you know, on whatever It's the biggest get it praise on. that you can get that isn't an award. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think it's the, I think it's the biggest praise you can get as a movie. Yeah, because it like, also guarantees that it's going to get that. Does Criterion do 4K releases yet, or are they still just They just, just started Blu-ray? doing it. They okay. just started doing them. Because it does um, give people a way to watch these movies in like a new, you know, format. Look, man, uh, I'll say this, and I stand by this. Armageddon deserves this Criterion Collection release. It deserves it to me. Yeah. Like, uh, and I love how they have two separate commentaries. There's the commentary from the cast and crew, and then there's the commentary from people who actually work for NASA just grilling the film like, <laughs> Yeah, that would never happen. I, I don't know what this scene is about. This this would never happen in real life. What is that guy doing? You know, like like stuff like that. But that's great for the film. You know what I'm saying? Because it gives a different look. I mean, it gives a different opinion of it. Yeah, I, I love when they have multiple commentary tracks on movies. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I love it and hate it at the same time. I love it because it gives you like more content and stuff to like listen to behind the scenes and kind of give you a different perspective on the movie. Uh, I hate it because then it ends up like I'm watching the same movie like three times over in the span of a week just so I could watch the commentary tracks on top of an already good movie. I don't know which one it was, but I I remember hearing a joke that uh, Dodgeball had like a commentary that was for the movie and then like a fake argument breaks out in in the recording studio and then they just put on a commentary track from another movie. Oh, I never knew. I'm going to have to look that up because that is great. That totally feels like something they would have done for that movie, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, all right. So I guess we we're in agreement here in old versus uh, love and basketball wins. Yeah. Love and basketball over love Jones. Uh, both two very great romantic, you know, movies. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, Love and Basketball wins out by just a hair. Okay, okay, cool, cool. So, um, what you been watching lately, man? Uh, nothing else. It's you know, it, this has been a busy week, so I haven't had a chance to really watch too much else aside from these two movies. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Well, let me make a recommendation to you. I uh, I recently. You know, I don't catch up on British TV as much as I should. I know I, I was watching Idris Elba's show Luther for a while, and I liked it. I think I started uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock, but I never finished it. Oh, Sherlock um, is such a good one. Yeah, I know. I hear. I hear. But I recently watched um, a made-for-TV British film that was really good. It had Stephen Graham. Um, you know him. if you. He was the, uh, he was the detective in Venom 2. Okay, yeah, I know who Stephen Graham is. Yeah, so it had him and it had Jodie Comer from uh, Killing Eve and The Last Duel. Um, you know who she is, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, so it was both of them. And it was a film that was centered at around the um, the start of the COVID-19 crisis in, um, in Liverpool. So uh, Jodie Comer joins this, um, this care facility for people who... Um, you know, basically need assistance, whether it be old people, you know, people who have dementia, things of that nature. Stephen Graham is a man who has early onset dementia. So the COVID-19 pandemic hits and um, it basically shows her like working with a skeleton crew at the um, care facility, dealing with all the patients, including Stephen Graham's character, while all this is going on. And uh, yeah, man, just great, powerful movie, dude. Uh, the the movie I'm sorry I didn't even give you the title the movie is called Help, uh, really good. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'd I'd recommend it, man. I'd give it, I give it a solid four. Like for a made for TV movie, well, British TV is almost always good, but uh, I liked it, dude. For a made for TV movie, it was pretty good. Yeah, I I love a lot of British tv shows uh i can probably say i watch more british game shows than i do like american tv shows at this point <laughs> really oh yeah well Which they ones? have uh would i lie to you where basically they have comedians come up and tell crazy stories and you know sometimes it's a true story sometimes it's a lie and it's up to like the other team to determine is it a true story or is it a lie made up for the show 
mm-hmm. and you know some of these comedians have such great you know you'll have like uh, TV personalities on they'll tell insane stories and stuff like I ended up accidentally buying a horse instead of renting one for a day <laughs> you know and you had to determine <laughs> is it true or is it a lie and then they had to like answer questions and you know it's it's a great show watch clips of it on YouTube uh, there's the big fat quiz of the year which is just a giant quiz show about everything that happened in the year. Comedians come on and basically I never heard of these. lambast the year. I'll uh, say this. Um, I'll go ahead. Uh, another one. One last one. Though, man, there's so many. I could go on for a whole podcast about British uh, shows and everything. Uh, is Taskmaster, where basically you know people are given... It's stupid task to do and the goal is to either finish it the fastest finish it like the best way to come up with the best way of doing it mm-hmm. or you know doing it uh in a way that uh nobody could expect you know like right. uh you have like they'll walk into a room and they'll have to read off a card and you know you have two minutes to eat this entire watermelon there's just a whole watermelon on the table next to them and the timer starts then as soon as they read the task and it's two minutes to eat as much of the watermelon as they can so obviously some you know just smash it and just start eating some of them will run out to the kitchen grab a knife and carve it to try and eat it and stuff so you have different approaches to what they need to do and it's all hilarious you know it's all for fun i gotta say the one british thing i like um over its american counterpart is celebrity big brother dude i love british celebrity big brother it's canceled now but i love watching the old seasons on youtube because it's uncensored like you you hear the famous people curse you actually see the real nudity like they don't block anything out on british tv and uh, whereas it, with American TV, you know, it's a bit more censored, a bit more things cut out. And um, I don't know. I don't like American Celebrity Big Brother, but I love British Celebrity Big Brother. Yeah. I, I just I just love it. I watch it front to back. Yeah. The, the fact that they don't censor like nudity or anything in the UK. I love that there's actually an entire like dating show based around that called. What is it? Naked Attractions where literally I, think I know what you're talking about yeah where the premise of the show is like a dating show where you you know would ask people different questions but uh their face is completely covered and it's right. basically from the neck down they're completely naked and that's all the person can see as they're asking these people questions right 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 i, I think i saw that one and i think uh youtube had it up but youtube had it up uncensored for a while i think they caught on and stopped doing that because i don't really see it anymore <laughs> oh i can believe that they got caught on that one yeah um, wait a minute are they are they naked yeah all right flag this <laughs> <laughs> but it's for educational purposes <laughs> right that's the byline now dude youtube is so censored now man i'm just so tired of it it I, is like it's like it's not what it used to be, man. YouTube used to be a magical place. It's like nowadays, um, dude, when the same ad comes on, when you're watching YouTube and the same ad comes on, one time I, I just I just narrate, I just memorize the ad. Like I go like, uh, the new Lowe's grocery store is like a, a shopping Swiss Army knife. Okay, skip ad. <laughs> like I just I just I just recite the ad until it's time to skip ad. 
I use I like ad blocker. I, I don't even know what ads YouTube has. <laughs> on your TV? Um, You can do it on your TV through a Raspberry Pi. That's so, the name of the software? Yeah, it's the name of the software that you basically put it on your network and it kind of blocks all ads throughout your entire network. Oh, interesting. I never heard of that. I'll, I'll have to send you the details. The little box that you need to set up costs maybe like 10 bucks. Oh, well, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> but uh, you can send me the details. I'll probably look into it. But yeah, man, um, I haven't really been into Attack on Titan that much. I'm, I'm going to get back into it. But uh, I've been getting back into this FX show that I love called Snowfall, man. Um, now, now, this is a black show that deals with drug dealing but it deals with like the different sides of the drug trade so there's a guy that's um because it's set in the 80s where the crack epidemic started in cali california so it deals with a guy that deals the drugs in cali it deals with the a cia agent that's like um eventually gives is uh, distributing the drugs to the um, drug dealer in cali and it deals with a um a mexican uh, set of characters that are on the front lines trying to start up their drug empire. It's a good show, dude. Um, the first season is a little tough to get through because it's so it's a little generic. It's 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 kind of it gets a little shaky. But past the first season, dude, it's a great show. Okay, I'm gonna have yeah. to check that one out. Yeah, I um I don't know. That one's kind of like a a lot. Some people know about it. Some people don't. Um, I think if I was going to talk about the best network that's like non-premium HBO Showtime that has the best shows, it has to be FX, man. Uh, oh, yeah. FX basically has turned into like the new Comedy Central where, it's, where every show is at for some reason. Every show is what? It's basically where you find every show is at. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Comedy like, Central used to be great, man. I know. Now they basically have South Park, and that that's it. <laughs> like, I never saw Broad City, but I heard some good things about it. Um, I know some people liked... Well, South, did Southside come from Comedy Central? Because some people like Southside. I think it came from TBS. That yeah, came that from wasn't Comedy Central. Comedy Central. Okay, okay. But it's like, yeah, man, Comedy Central fell off. It's like, ever since Chappelle left... It got times got kind of hard, man. Then Reno Nine One One ended, which is a great show. Um, Tosh Point I was never really, I was in and out of that show. Tosh Point um, I thought was good, uh, but that's because Daniel Tosh. I find him just to be a great comedian already. Like I already liked his stand up yeah. and everything before he got a show. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I was kind of in and out of Tosh Point Um Review, I heard, was pretty good, but I never watched it. The roast got kind of less funny to me. Like, I think one of the best roasts of all time is either between Flavor Flav, Charlie Sheen, and what was another great one? Bob Saget. Yeah, Bob Saget was good, too. I, I think Bob Saget's my favorite, personally. Okay, okay. Yeah, Bob Saget was pretty solid. I like Bob Saget's. Um... Yeah, man, Comedy Central kind of fell off for me. Like, South Park is always great to me, but it's like, that's about all you got now, man. You know yeah. what I mean? They lost Futurama after they didn't renew it for another season, which is now getting a Hulu uh, renewal. 
Futurama's been tossed around so many times from from Fox to Adult Swim to Comedy Central, now Hulu. Like this this show has gotten so many second chances. Uh and it deserves every single one of them. And it always pulls through on them too. They always hit like record numbers with it. It's just they can't uh I don't know if it's always the studio or if it's the writers that kind of go, you got to give us some time. <laughs> Did you hear my dude? How long have you had in between all this, 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 this downtime? No, I mean like when they're doing it con- concurrently. Oh, oh, gotcha. gotcha. Uh, Cause I know that at first it got canceled on Fox because it just wasn't pulling in numbers. Then adult swim got in it started getting DVD sales and that's when Comedy Central bought it, and they did four movies and two additional seasons. And those movies were good, man. Th- the movies were fantastic. It kind of got me in the heartstrings with that one where uh, it dealt with time and Leela and uh, Fry. But uh, yeah, that that movie got me. Oh yeah, yeah. That is one of the few shows that actually has like four different finales to it. Because each of time that it ended up getting canceled, they wrote it off as if it was going to be a finale. Mm-hmm. So, it yeah. And a lot of people are kind of almost upset that uh, it's continuing because they're like, the last one was so good. And everybody's like, yeah, but they'll write another finale. The show knows how to do that. <laughs> Would you, what, what do you think of uh, John DiMaggio not coming back? Uh, he, he's going to come back. Uh, the listing... Basically, voice actors have come out and said it, the second somebody takes that, it's almost career suicide for them to take the position of Bender away from him. Because it's basically, this is the one time that uh, people are acknowledging that voice actors are treated very replaceably in mm-hmm. like the press and everything. And like every voice actor is grabbing a hold of that and going, yeah, we're not going to relinquish on this one. This is our chance to actually show that, you know, they couldn't replace Robert Downey Jr. in Iron Man 2 or anything. No, they gave in to his demands for a higher pay raise. What's the difference between him and, you know, John DiMaggio uh, with Bender, who is a voice that's so iconic that he is the character that they used for the announcement that it's been renewed for a new season. Just him. They didn't have Fry or Leela in it. It was just a picture of Bender holding a sign that said Hulu. <laughs> yeah. Bender's a fool, man. <laughs> oh, I love John DiMaggio is great. I also loved him as uh, Jake the Dog in Adventure Time. Uh, Scotsman and Samurai Jack. He's done some great work. Oh, yeah. He's... he's probably one of my favorite voice actors when you kind of go who's your favorite characters in these shows and it's like it, it always ends up being john dimaggio in anything that he's in <laughs> i gotta be honest man for a long time i did not know luke skywalker did great voice work like I oh, yeah. always... mark hamill's joker is still the joker i hear when i think of joker like i still that you know, and I love that Joker, but I never really knew who voiced him until I got older and looked it up. I said, "That's Luke Skywalker." Yeah, <laughs> he does voice work, and you know, um, he plays uh, he plays Skip, right? He's Skip on regular show, right? Um, the abominable small snowman. I think so. He's either Skip or he's the lollipop kid. I uh, mean, guy. No, he's not pops. 
Okay. Um. Yeah, he okay. skips. Skips. You know. Yeah, he does great voice work, dude. Oh yeah. Oh, he's absolutely fantastic. Um. Yeah, I, I love when people realize that that's Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill, that does a voice for something. Because he also did uh, the voice of the main villain in uh, Avatar, the original animated series on Nickelodeon. Uh, okay. Ozai, I think his name was. Uh, yeah, was that Emperor... my man's father? Was that Zuko's father? Yeah, that was Zuko's father. That okay. That's voiced by Mark Hamill. Okay, okay. It's been a while since I watched it. Um, in other news, I heard that uh, Boondocks is, uh, is not coming back for a uh, Yeah, they canceled season. the final season. And this is because of the death of... Uh, the original creator. And no, no. Uh, Aaron Magruder's still alive. Oh, is Magruder still alive? Yeah, it was. Uh, well, here's what happened. John Witherspoon died. And yep. uh, there was controversy where um, his son, John Witherspoon plays granddad. And there was controversy where his son had applied, you know, to, to play the role of granddad. Because he sounds just like his father when he does the voice. Like, he sounds just like John Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. And they kind of gave him like a harsh like run around like okay yeah you're a shoe in like you, we we let's do some voice acting with you and he does voice acting on like Adult Swim shows too like he's a professional voice actor so mm-hmm. they kind of was giving him the run around and stuff like that and that kind of like blew up and the fans got mad like dude he's the guy's son just take him and then there was like a lot of development issues and so they kind of just canceled it. I think it's for the best. Um, I think the show needs to go out on top. Uh, take away the fourth season. Which I was going to have... say, go out yeah. on top isn't the word I would use. It, it it went out with a fizzle, but it had a great, you know. Great first three <laughs> first seasons. First three. You know, let, let it go out on top with the first three. The fourth one, it didn't exist. It didn't happen. Yeah. You know. Um. Yeah, so that's that, that's news. I mean, I don't, I don't. I wouldn't say I was like a little too sad about it. I was like, you know what? This is probably for the best. Let let that show go out mostly on top. Right. All right, y'all. Well, uh, it's been another great episode of Double Feature Versus. Uh, y'all take care. <laughs>